This is Hemi. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast if you like what you're going to listen to. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Hemmons. So we were just talking. It's been a crappy day for both of us Correct. in terms of politics because our preferred candidate is now out of the race, mm-hmm. um, which has, has been the case for, I guess, you know, most people at one point or another. Yeah, I mean, the reality is most people's preferred candidate is going to lose. Um, This was just a really particularly heart-wrenching kind of uh, the whole primary. Were you surprised really that Elizabeth Warren dropped out? Because after, like, even before Super Tuesday, it's like, oh, she's not doing great, like in Iowa. And then Super Tuesday just kind of confirmed, like, oh, right. No one else thinks the way, like, my people do. Which is a thing I felt about pretty much everything always, forever. Um, before <laughs> Super Tuesday, I was not surprised because, I mean, Pete won Iowa right. and then subsequently dropped out. So I feel like those first what, three states aren't the most telling. Um, yeah, I honestly, this just, fe- it, like, it feels a little bit like 2016 all over again in this particular moment. Like, you know, it just happened this morning. I've been kind of dealing with it. But I'm genuinely and deeply really sad about the result of this because she, to me, was such a great and strong candidate who brought so much to the table and was just constantly ignored and mm-hmm. and belittled by by Bernie Bros if Twitter is uh <laughs> any any measure of reality which is arguable which thankfully it's not right and based on how much love Biden right. is getting across the country and not right. at all on Twitter right um at least our Twitter right so <laughs> yeah i'm just here's where I'm i get sad. a little optimistic about it so in 2016 when the candidate uh well, when Hillary Clinton lost, it's like, well, shit, like things are going to be bad for a lot of people mm-hmm. for a really long time, which is totally panned out. Yep. With Warren out, here's my, here's me still trying to be optimistic about it, which is Bernie's so still in it. you the optimistic one. I don't know. Uh, Bernie's still in it. I mean, he'll get my primary vote now, just like in 2016. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. He'll get my primary vote because I don't think he's going to win. Biden's going to win, but hopefully those votes push him more to the left or to adopt this understanding that, oh, right, I got to appease even more progressive people, Mm -hmm. which good, you should. Bernie's still in it. That's a good thing. Um, But also Biden has a chance to pick a running mate who is everything Warren is. Uh if Stacey not her, Abrams Stacey Abrams, been, yeah. someone who is at least relatively more progressive than he is. Like, so, hey, by all means, steal everything Warren has put out there because she has all those plans. Like, right. steal a bunch of it. I'm sure she would be thrilled if people took her plans and ran with it, even if she's not in the race. I, That's I, the type of person she strikes me as. I absolutely agree with you that she'd be thrilled. And, and I do think a lot of her her policies are going to be... Um, uh, t- taken in and put into action, but it just fucking sucks that once again, like a woman has done all of this work <laughs> yes. and is not going to get any credit for like the great work she's done. Right. Also, it's, it's really, really sad that we started with the historically most diverse field that we've ever seen in a, in a primary and we're stuck with two 70 something white dudes and like which in and of itself whatever like i voted for them for a long time i'll do it again um so the fact that there was no obama type figure who transcends 
mm-hmm. whatever animosity or not, that's not the right word, whatever hesitation, reluctance, right. people might have to vote for a person of color, a woman, yeah. whatever. You didn't have that candidate this time around. But I also kind of... I like, did, though. Yeah. <laughs> I had that candidate. Elizabeth <laughs> Warren was that to me. She was she for was me, so too. She was so fucking inspiring. No, Ins- yes, I'm with you on that. It wasn't for everybody, though. Obama seemed to be that for more Democrats. Remember that the type of people who listen to a podcast like this are not the sort of people who are voting, even as Democrats, by and large. Yeah. So, yeah, you get stuck with mostly centrist or whatever you want to label Joe Biden as if it's not a centrist. Um, yeah, you're going to deal with that. But the fact that all those people ran and it wasn't a weird thing, the fact that, OK, you had a gay yeah. candidate and that wasn't the thing that was interesting about him at all. Right. Or the thing people were complaining about from the left anyway. Like, that's good. This is an important part of the process of making it so that someone can get elected. Yeah. Uh, um, it was the case for Hillary Clinton, too. It's like it wouldn't be weird. It, it wasn't weird to have Elizabeth Warren running as a woman because yeah we've been there done that not a big deal people had other issues with her to me it seemed Mm -hmm. maybe there was the sexism still underlying it but it wasn't out there like no i don't like her because she's a woman and she'll woman ill over the oval office yeah but that's not how sexism works is it and you know that you know better than to say people didn't say that like oh they weren't sexist because they I didn't feel like say they said because more, she's a woman no i feel like they were more open about their sexism when hillary was running than they were with warren this time around yeah no? i mean i saw it all over the place just yeah. just in terms of that's fair just in terms of her being blamed for bernie not doing well as yeah. if it's as if it's a different candidate's fault that their candidate isn't performing well as if she dropped out all of her votes would have gone to bernie which, which i don't think we're gonna not. see i think this poll that came out today says it's about half and half yeah bernie and biden um, is where elizabeth warren's votes will go. yeah and people calling her on her to drop out after like fucking iowa as it like <laughs> it just right. it was really sad to see that no matter like she had these really and she was truly progressive in what she was putting forward and was still she wasn't enough for whatever reason she fucking dressed down mike bloomberg in a way that i have never seen mm-hmm. and he's still recovering from well he won't recover from it because he dropped right. out like Basically on the spot. She got Chris Matthews off the air. She got Chris Matthews <laughs> off the air. Like, she, this is a woman who gets shit done. Yeah. And and for her not to, she would have just been such a good president. Like, I, she had a warmth and a, she made me think that she really cared about, she genuinely cared about these issues. And she had a pragmatic, smart way to put them in place. Right. She has a track record of getting shit done even before she was in office. And and still, like, what else could she, what else could she have possibly done? Right. Uh, people are always going to pick on something or another. I've, I mean, again, this is she going wasn't perfect. And nobody no, is but saying nobody that she's is. perfect. Right. Right. They'll always find something to complain about. Yeah. Um. But that's true for every candidate ever. And I will. I would just add that I said this online. I will say this until November. Like, yes, our preferred candidates out of the race. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other reasons yes. you should still vote for the eventual Democrat. Yes, I mean, even I'm, if it's not your, definitely not your ideal candidate. Right. I'm still blue no matter who, and and nothing will change yeah. that. Think about the people who don't get the luxury of picking a candidate, but their options are Trump or someone who can at least put sensible people in charge right. of agencies that matter to right. them, or who isn't going, like, whatever 
you hate about Democrats, progressives are changing mm-hmm. some of that. And again, there are people who have no option. I just don't understand the people who are like, well, Bernie's out of the race, or if they say that, and, or yeah, Elizabeth I'm, I'm Warren also, is out of the race, therefore I'm not going to vote because both parties are the same, or yeah, whatever, Biden's is, I, too I, much to I think the right. If you like, still how say little that do you give this? a shit about, I don't know, LGBTQ people, judges, mm-hmm. church-state separation, anything like that? Rights. Repro- how much do you not give a shit about any of those people, about any of those issues yep. that you're like, nope, don't care. You didn't do everything I wanted you right. to do. Therefore, burn the planet to the ground. Right. Like, it's, God, that's so selfish. And I expect that from, like, some segment of people. Um, like, it doesn't surprise me that some Democrats or otherwise, whatever mm-hmm. you want to label them as, would do it. I know Republicans don't give a shit about it because they right. voted for this guy. Right. Um but again, do it for other people. And if you want to make an impact, like my vote doesn't make a difference in the Biden, whatever. It does down ticket. It does down ticket. So yeah. vote for the most progressive local people mm-hmm. you can imagine. I, and I would ask the people who listen to this, how many of you know who's running in your statewide elections mm-hmm. or for your city council or for your school board? Odds are most of you have no clue. And yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not judging you. I'm in the same boat. But the point is... There are people running for those races who could be you. But even if it's not you, there are people running on progressive positions in those races. They need those votes if you want to change stuff. And those elections in a lot of ways matter more for what affects you day to day. Yeah. um, And, you know, it's still get involved. I've said a couple of times I'm the precinct committee person for my local precinct. So for the last few weeks, I've been knocking on doors and dropping off, you know, just for not any particular candidate. In fact, I don't think I, I have any like literature about any specific presidential candidate, but it's just all about down, down race stuff. I'm giving them a sample ballot. I'm giving them a rundown of who's running and what their positions are. It, and at least like it's knocking on doors and I'm walking four miles, five miles on concrete. So it's, you know, kind of a long day, but at least I feel like I'm helping. At least I'm doing something to make sure my neighbors are getting out to vote. And right. For candidates, they probably would not have heard of otherwise right. because they local candidates don't have that right. kind of money to run commercials necessarily. Yeah. And to be clear, when the, the thing that I'm doing, knocking on doors just for the Democrats, you get a walk list. So you're going on, you're going to meet registered Democrats. So I'm not just going door to door to door to door. Like I have a walk list that tells me who the Democrats are in my neighborhood so I can, you know, make sure that they're voting. So, And that's the goal. Get out to vote. Yeah. Not necessarily vote for this candidate or anything like that. Exactly. Because turnout matters. Yeah. We need to, we need to turn out the vote in a big way. Um, Also, just to pick up on what we started talking about last week. um, So far we have, shit, I just had it pulled up. We have 679 ratings on iTunes right now. Um, once we hit, oh, 750, so we're getting close, um, we're going to start reading a review per week. Sweet. Um, when we hit a thousand, what else are we going to do? We're going to... Trip to Hawaii. Trip to Hawaii. Yes. Paid by iTunes, question mark. Mm -hmm. Um, at a thousand, we're going to watch We Believe in Dinosaurs, record a bonus (laughs) episode about that. And at 1500, I'm going to create and moderate a uh, Facebook group for the podcast. Very cool. Um, also wanted to say that, um, we have some Patreon goals as well. Um, both at, and actually all three levels. So at, um, 
the membership level, we're adding a uh, at the five dollar a month mark. We're adding a sticker of our logo. So if you um, if you donate five dollars a month, we will send you a friendly atheist logo sticker that you can put on your car or snowboard or laptop. Those are the three things where I put stickers. Nice. Um, Everything else is going to be the same. And then um, once we hit, so we're added a couple other uh, goals. So at 1500, we're still planning on doing a live show in Chicago. Um, added another one at 1250. We're going to do some kind of like call and show or digital hangout type deal. Um, it'll be a little bit different than what we normally do. And, you know, we might be on video or something. It, details are coming. Um, and then once we get, 300 Patreon, so uh, 300 donors. We're going to watch a Kirk Cameron movie, record oh God. an episode for the bonus feed. Um, at 350 donors, we are going to watch a fictional movie about Jesus, maybe the Mel Gibson one, maybe the 2000 version of oh Jesus God. Christ Superstar. Guess which I'm more excited about. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ Superstar. Yeah. So, yeah, those are a couple new things that are coming. You can check out uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast if you want to see details. Um, Go I'm leave super a stoked. Come yeah. on. Free. Leave a review on iTunes. It costs you $0.00. Um, and it really helps us, uh, you know, grow our listenership. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the housework I have. Very nice. Okay, I'm going to talk about a story from Virginia, and there's a specific reason I want to bring this up. So Virginia just became the first southern state to ban conversion therapy for mm-hmm. minors. That's good. Which is huge. That's a big deal. Like, we've seen it in a handful of other states. This is the first one in the South. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. Where does the South start? Um, would like... Like Maryland? Because oh, somebody said that they lived in Baltimore and that was kind of a southern city. And I was like, maybe I don't understand where the south ends. I'm sure there's an unofficial Mason-Dixon yeah, line where's the Mason sort Dixon of thing. Line? I knew this at one point a few months ago and then oh, I'm yeah. like, I don't need to know it anymore. All right. <laughs> you just flushed your head out. <laughs> yep. But okay. the reason I bring this up. Yeah. Um, okay. So good for Virginia. They actually also have other uh, LGBTQ rights bills in the pipeline, one that would... Uh, ban discrimination in employment, housing, public accommodations. Uh-huh. That's huge. Yeah. That was blocked by Republicans in past years, but now Democrats basically run Virginia. So the reason I bring this up in relation to the discussion we were just having is the guy who's signing this stuff into law is Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, who had that blackface controversy yeah. last year. And the conversation that like we had that plenty of other people had is, is that something worth getting rid of him over? Because that's a pretty, I mean, pardon the lack of better language. It's a black and white issue. Huh. Um, he, like, in other instances, Democrats would have been like, get rid of this guy. But right. then the lieutenant governor had his own issues with stuff. <laughs> and then, like, the only way to purge the people with these problematic pasts mm-hmm. would have been putting a Republican right. in the governor's seat. Right which would have been bad for all other issues that matter to a lot of people. And so I think a lot of voters in Virginia, especially African-American voters in Mm -hmm. Virginia, are like, look, what he did in the past was bad, really bad. But also we're pragmatic about it. We know what the alternative is, which is putting a Republican in charge who would be against everything we stand for pretty much. So you know what? Keep him in, keep the pressure on Mm -hmm. and make him do the right stuff. 
And as far as I can tell, and we don't live in Virginia, obviously, he's been fairly good about a lot of issues. And it helps that he has the entire house. Like, yes, the, and the he has. Well, that's the point. Like, yes, he has everything a Democrat would want in power, mm-hmm. and he's using it. Yeah. And they're making those changes. And this goes back to the thing about, like, yes, I wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren. I won't even get to vote for her, really, in the primary now, because yeah, it'll be a wasted it. vote at this point, because she's not in the race. But. Even if Biden wins, which is absolutely not my preferred outcome Mm -hmm. for the Democrats, um, this is why it matters. Yes, he has. There's no shortage of things he has done in his past and plenty in the present. That is like, oh, God, really? This is the guy I got to vote for. Mm -hmm. But you put a person in there who at least could get support, enough support to have a Democratic majority in there in the House and the senate and put him in the white house like you can get some shit done that is important to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and this is why it's like yeah i know biden isn't the favorite for a lot of progressives not mine either right but you put him in there and you put the pressure on him and you make sure progressives never stop right telling him what they want to get done right and hopefully he chooses a running mate that is progressive. Hopefully he puts in people in charge yeah. who are progressive and can get shit done. Mm-hmm. That's the upside. That's why you don't stay out of it, right. is my point. Like, I know you don't have to love the guy, but Virginia is a perfect example of mm-hmm. like, here's a guy who in other states, Democrats would have kicked out of office. Yeah. But they dealt with it because they had to, because mm-hmm. they had no alternative. Right. And it was better in the long run for them, right now at least. Right. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. But that that makes sense (laughs) to me in Virginia. I think this is the argument I'm using for myself to make that case that, like, all right, Biden is not my favorite. There's a lot of problems, but it's not the worst thing. Right. Biden is not worst case scenario here. He, like you said, he's. Like Bloomberg might be worse. Uh, Bloomberg <laughs> would have definitely Tulsi been Gabbard, worse. who's the last woman still standing somehow. I don't want to talk about her. I, yes, you're right. And, you know, if. I, I have talked to a lot of peop, people, like boomer age, who are genuinely concerned about um, Bernie's electability against Trump, like genuinely, really, and truly. Um, and that's the only re- like I am gonna probably vote for for Bernie because he aligns with my principles. Mm-hmm. Same, but I don't I don't see boomers being super excited about a democratic socialist. Nor I, I think it's easy to convince a lot of people who are especially older people mm-hmm. that that's a bad thing, right? And again, and most is, people are not going to sit down and try to figure out the differences between right. socialists, democratics, whatever label Trump and Republicans throw at him. Right. Most people are too dumb to sit down or too busy or too ignorant of yeah. it. They're not going to do it. Right. So it's easy to trash that. The Biden thing, I think the analysis that I heard, I don't know how much I agree with it, but it's like he's the safe bet. They all know him. You know what you're getting with Biden. And I think people are really in 2020 genuinely operating from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And it's I want to get shit done, but I want to not have Trump more. Right. Like, I, I completely understand if somebody says, like, I, yes, I would like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren's policies to be enacted. But I am so scared that he can't defeat Trump that, like, what is what is the point of, you know, you know, shooting the moon if you can't even get there in the first place? That wasn't a good metaphor. I'm very cranky today. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it. 
I'm, I'm, uh, this is just such a bad day. I'm so sad. I'll give you some good election news from Tuesday. Uh, guess who's not running anymore? I don't even know if this is necessarily good news. Roy Moore, the alleged child molester Roy Moore was in the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate seat in Alabama. Because... And the top two, unless someone gets 50% of the votes, they go to a runoff for the top two. Roy Moore came in fourth. He only got 6.8% of the votes. And is that, sorry, are those the votes just on, in the primary? So those are just. In the primary, just Republicans. He's fourth for Republicans? He's fourth among Republicans. So he's out. Now, the top two are Jeff Sessions, who used to hold the seat and has his own problems because whatever, he's the initial attorney general. And Tommy Tuberville, who was the football coach for what was it Auburn? Sorry, oh, I don't one of those. Know. He's a football former football coach. They're going to head to a runoff. The question is whether Doug Jones can be either of them, which is a hard sell. Like Republican, Fucking anybody in Alabama is probably going to beat a really good Democrat. So that's going to be a hard race either way. But Roy Moore, the child molester, is no longer in the race. The only reason you might have wanted him to win or come in the top two is because as a Democrat, he's easier to beat because so many Republicans don't like the guy. Right. Because he's a alleged child molester. Uh huh. But now he's out, which says a lot about Alabama that this guy who was pretty much remember, he was chief justice of their Supreme Court. Right was basically fired from that position because he wouldn't obey the law. (laughs) And then they voted him back in as chief justice, and then he dropped out, and then he got kicked out again. And then they elected him to be the GOP nominee for an open Senate seat when Jeff Sessions was plucked out of there, and he lost that. Finally, they're realizing, like, uh, you know what? Maybe this guy's Christianity isn't as important as his electability, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing for anybody to be thinking. Yeah. But now it does mean Alabama will likely keep that Senate seat or get it back because yeah. it was Republican. You mean the Republicans? The Republicans will probably, yes, yeah, yeah. I meant. Uh, <laughs> L- uh, Republicans will get to probably get that Senate seat back. Yeah. All the more reason to support Democrats and Senate races across the country. But Roy Moore is out, which should be good news. Do you want a happier, sad story? I mean, but Let's the last one wasn't that one. happy because you made me think about Jeff Sessions again. I know. And you know I'm how sorry. I feel about thinking about Jeff Sessions. <laughs> I know. I apologize. So, uh, One Million Moms, the group that consists Aww. of at least one mom, but probably no more than three moms. <laughs> they always brighten my day. Yeah. What are they outraged about this week? Oh, can it's, I guess? Yes. Wait, give me a category. Um, women. Okay, two, that was a terrible category. Two women. Two women switching? Mm, say what now? Two women smooching? Uh, no. Oh. Two, two women, women existing. That is their problem. <laughs> um, I had to watch this. Like, so Clifford the Big Red Dog, remember those kids' books? There's a cartoon reboot of the cartoon. Uh-huh. I don't know. But you the show. You should know things like that. We don't watch Clifford. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just not on their list. Is he too list. red and you're just I don't like, know. It's just not on their list of shows. I can give you a list of children's shows I now know every episode to. Oh, this uh-huh. is not one of them. Uh-huh. But the million mom slash one mom is mad because in one episode, um, the main character, who is a little girl, who mm-hmm. has Clifford the Big Red Dog, the main mm-hmm. character is a little girl, her female friend mm-hmm. comes over for like a dinner picnic sort of thing and brings her two mommies and i had to watch the episode because i'm like how long are they in this what do they say they literally show up for the picnic 
and it's like three seconds later, and then the show ends. Like, yeah. that was it. Pretty outrageous. Yeah, and here's what they said um, in their protest, their rant. Protest feels The same-sex couple was first introduced in a mid-February episode, blah, blah, blah. There was no disclaimer at the beginning of the episode <laughs> where their relationship is explained. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. PBS kids should not introduce the LGBTQ lifestyle to young children. And then they called it pushing an agenda. Oh, yeah. I want to know what disclaimer they wanted. Warning, two women will be in proximity to each other. (laughs) Ah. That's it. Like, that's all it was. And I don't know how... I think if these one million moms are mad about something, they should be mad that this little girl has a gigantic gigantic dog under her care. She is not yes. big enough or old enough to and understand the responsibility of a dire wolf. If, if you're complaining about God's intended design, <laughs> the inhuman or the genetically mutated dog <laughs> is He's probably a, a bigger source of concern right. than two women who, by the way, in the screenshot that wasn't hard for me to grab, uh-huh. not even holding hands. They're literally just standing on either side of their Do they daughter. they say mommies? No. So it could be like... She just shows up to the picnic with her mommies. Well, it's just... She shows up to the picnic with two women? Yeah. So it could be like her mom and her aunt? I mean, I think it could be. I don't think they said anything otherwise. Um, but it was implied. I'll give them that. But this is what they were mad about. The existence. Again, whenever conservative Christians are like, you know, love the sin or hate the sin, they're not... What sin? There's no sin going on. Like, there's no homosexual act. Right. Which is the thing usually even more conservative ones are leaning toward. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you can be gay, just don't act on it. No, no, no. Here we just have the existence of two women Mm -hmm. who are implied to be in a relationship. Uh And that's what they're mad about. That's what they think is an agenda. And again, I know we make fun because it's true. One million moms is like one mom. Uh But the group is like sponsored by the American Family Association, which has millions of supporters and donors and money. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people who think this, so and they're this, all assholes to a person. Yeah. So the one mom here, it's not just one outraged person. It's one outraged person backed by millions of people who think the same way. Um, this isn't just one person operating out of a basement. That's William Donahue of the Catholic League. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy to get complacent about how far gay rights have come in the last decade, two decades. Um, but it's it, complacency is really dangerous because we have to make sure that we're always vigilant about like people like this who really exist, who genuinely hate gay people. And it's honestly, it reminds me of what happened when, um, uh, when they took down, fuck, what was the voters right act? Voters rights, voting act? rights, act? voting rights mm-hmm. act. Because they're like, well, racism's over, so yeah, this John isn't going to be a John Roberts. Yeah, John Roberts is basically like, yeah, we should we, stop racism by not doing racist stuff. Like, guess looking what? Over like, a bunch centers. of, uh, like, a metric fuck ton of polling places in Texas closed down, just like, what? But, yep, I, and they just happen to be in places where a lot of black people vote. So I think, you know, constant vigilance, as Mad-Eye Mooney would say, <laughs> God, uh, is, go. is important. This is a similar story about a Christian mom, but it's a different one. So someone sent me these screenshots, and they're like, I want you to look at this. Okay. And I'm always, I love those. And it was a dick. I love, no, thankfully. I love these emails, because they are like, here's a tip for a story. I'm like, tip good. I like, I like, yes. So, <laughs> sends these screenshots. And it's Lori Alexander, the woman who writes as the transformed wife, who's basically a fundamentalist Christian mommy blogger, oh, okay. who says, 
like who thinks and says feminism is like the worst. Sure. So I, I've dealt with her, like I've seen her writing. I know what to expect. We all know what to expect from those types of people. Correct. But the screenshots I had not seen before, and I don't know where the source was, which was a problem. But <laughs> also they showed <laughs> I know. They showed her saying things on like Facebook comments. Like oh. she's commenting under some post. But here's what she allegedly said. Um, we had to spank each of our children for around four hours one time. It's all it took. And then they knew that they weren't the boss and they were to obey us. Four hours? Uh Here's another screenshot. There's three. Here's the second one. Uh, Basically, she's giving advice to another woman, it seems, on how to hit your kids. Sorry, trigger warning. There you go. Have a special place that you can put him as far away from your husband's bedroom as possible and put a little chair there, or it could even be a corner in a room. As soon as he starts crying, tell him to go to that place and sit there until he can control himself. If he gets up, smack him hard. (gasps) It has to hurt a lot or it will do no good. And tell him to go back to a special place. Yeah. For crying? Uh-huh. And then but the third boys? one. Third one. We used a foot-long strap. As soon as he began having a temper tran- tantrum, spank him hard on the bottom. If he continues to have a tantrum, keep spanking him on the bottom until he completely stops with breaks in between and telling him to stop. It may take a long time the first time, but may be well worth your effort. Okay. Yeah, disturbing stuff. So I'm looking at this, and one, I'm like, I don't know where these came from, so I'm not going to post that willy-nilly. Right. But also, the screenshots suggested they were like 39 weeks ago, 43 weeks ago, and it's like, well, it's not even new. I'm very curious why these would be popping up today. Sure. So I wasn't going to do anything with that, um, because again, this is the whole fundamentalist Christian mentality that you got to, quote, train up a child, that hitting them, or whatever euphemism they want to use for hitting them Uh spanking them you know no don't leave a mark you just hit them um but then she made a video yesterday and she posted that basically responding and here's what i think happened she is part of a private facebook group with other fundamentalist christian mommies Uh and they discuss this sort of stuff and somehow there's a mole in the group who was leaking some of the stuff that they had been talking about in their private Facebook group. So she went on Facebook to basically say, yeah, I said that stuff and it's not abuse, which just confirms that she did say these things. Because I say it's not abuse. Yeah. Um, Among the things she said, I'm, I'm just quoting a portion of this like seven minute video. Um, She said, I will say, she says she misspoke about hitting her kid for four straight hours. It may have been a four-hour cycle where, you know, she hits, then reassesses, then hits again, which doesn't really help anything. But here's what she said. If you asked any of our children if they were abused, they would say not in any way because we loved our children. We're not abusive. Loved past tense. <laughs> Those yeah. children are fucking dead, Evan. <laughs> we are not mean. We are not mean or unkind parents in any way. We believe in God. We believe oh. that his ways work and spanking has been around for generations and generations. It's legal in every single state and for a reason it works. Dot, dot, dot. We are not abusive parents. We love our children deeply. We wanted the best for them. This is, I mean, that's a portion of the video, but that is pretty much the whole video where it's just this abusive woman saying, we're not abusive. We just did what has been passed down to us. Mm-hmm. What our that circle. Our emotional scarring has told us is necessary to raise a human yeah. child. And we have said this before on the show. Like, 
how do you know your kids turned out okay? And, and how do you know you turned out okay? You turned into an adult who thinks hitting your kids is okay. So you're not okay. I don't even hit my dog. I don't hit right? fucking horses. And horses are fucking gigantic. Yeah, I have kids who, believe me, give me plenty of stress and reason to be like angry or upset. Yep. Hitting them would never even cross our Remember minds. Remember when your daughter accidentally Facebook lived for like a half hour I, and just ran around with your phone? Sounds about right. It was extremely funny for I'm me. glad. Some of you enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't think I even texted you about it. It's like I just wanted no, to No, no one warned me about what had happened until minutes, minutes it had been up there. You had never invited me I upstairs post nothing in your on, house. So I, I post very tour. little on Facebook, and then I'm getting many likes, and I'm like, oh no, something happened. Um, that was so funny. <laughs> just to make the point that I can't even imagine hitting a kid. No, Jesus. No, yeah, um, that's bad. And hey by guys, the way, this is hey how, guys, don't hit people. What yeah, this doing? is how abusers justify abuse. It's like, no, I was doing it out of love. Yeah. I was doing it because they needed to be taught a lesson. Well, if you read any book or hear any story about abusers, that is like the story every time. It's for their own good. I'm doing it to help them. Mm-hmm. You made me do it. You made me do it. Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. It's textbook. And I don't have human children. Um, but I don't know. You seem fine. I, don't, I wouldn't hate your kids either. You haven't met them. Are they? Are they fine? I don't know, your daughter threw up at me the first time she met me. That's true. She was throwing up at a lot of people. <laughs> that was her childhood. Um, she also, Do your kids I mean, ask about me? No, they don't know who you are. Do they want to meet daddy? No, they would be frightened. <laughs> She's very big and They scary. get scared when we see little dogs anywhere. Aw. Yes. The kids on my street are also afraid of daddy. It's extremely... <laughs> but then they, like, crowd around her. <laughs> it's nice. very funny. Um, the other thing that bothered me is that, of course, she uses Christianity to defend her cruelty. Uh-huh. And again, if your religion is so convenient that it provides cover for your abuse, yep. your religion is part of the problem. Yep. Is yep, 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 yep. Um, Okay, here's a totally different story just to cleanse our palates for a second. Suppose I told you there's an asteroid, I don't know, uh, that's going to hit the Earth in 20 minutes. We're all going to die. Would you suddenly find God? What would happen within 20 minutes? I would welcome the sweet release of infinite fire. Yes. Is that Welcome right? to is Democrats that, in 2020. Is that yes. That's the right answer. That is not the right like answer. You said that, and I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> I don't have to do Instead it of an asteroid, part. sorry, it was a nuclear missile was going to hit you in 20 minutes and kill you and kill everybody. Okay. Um, and you have 20 minutes, and there's a Christian movie that is coming out this August. <laughs> oh, no. I should put that on our yeah, list of things to do. The movie is called 20 Minutes. What's it about, Evan? <laughs> yeah, the missile's gonna hit all the area where the main characters are in, and it follows the journeys. Like, I, from what I can gather from the trailer, it's like mm-hmm. 18 minutes left, and we go in on character number three, and like, what's that person doing? Ooh. Like, I guess I will stop robbing this bank. I don't know. But of course, the whole point of the movie is there are at least a character or two who are non-believers, and they suddenly find Jesus sure. somehow in the course of this 20 minutes and if any of this sounds familiar, which it did to me, it's because the director, Tim Che, he got the idea from an actual thing that happened uh, oh, in, in 2018 in Hawaii when everyone got these false, when they got text messages, like the Amber, Amber Alert sort of like flashing siren sort like of text message. emergency notification. Emergency notification that said there's a <sighs> missile, like this is not a false alarm, there's a missile headed your way. 
And it turned out that was a false alarm, but they didn't know that for 20 minutes yep. or something like that. So that's where he got the idea. He's basically just co-opting that actual thing that happened and saying, oh, if I were an atheist, uh, this is his actual quote from the press release. We really thought this could be it, said one pastor in Hawaii. I got on my knees and prayed with my entire family. Then here's the director. It caused a movie idea to pop into my head. I used to be a former atheist. Oh. Uh-huh. And I knew this <laughs> missile warning would cause many atheists to think about God. Except, here's the thing. When that 2018 thing happened, I remember I went on Facebook or Twitter and I'm like, hey, people who are in Hawaii, have any of you, I, I know this is anecdotal, Yeah. have any of you changed your minds or did any thought go through your head? And of course, n- none of them said I thought about anything about God, right? Um, which who cares? That's my anecdotal evidence. But again, it's the same Christian trope of like, well, on your deathbed, mm-hmm. you will find God. Just like Darwin definitely did. <laughs> right. And they're and all. And that wasn't propagated by a Christian fundamentalist in any way. Yes, which is exactly what happened there. But in Hawaii, it didn't happen. Christopher Hitchens famously did not. Uh, I think Dawkins has said like, if I'm on my deathbed, put up a tape recorder so you know I'm not recanting or something. Mm-hmm. But the point is, no one's atheists are not changing their minds because death is imminent. Mm-hmm. It's not true in the military. Like mm-hmm. there are atheist soldiers who put their lives at risk. They're not suddenly finding God in right. the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. Um, as the same thing yeah, in Hawaii. I feel like a war would make me less religious because wars. To paraphrase, our hell. Why would you like be at war and be like, hey, all these humans are murdering each other over a piece of land that none of them care for personally? Yeah, Jesus, I think is, I really feel Jesus in this. And what does it say about your religion if the only way to convince people to find your God is like, Hey, you're going to die in a minute. What yeah. do you got? Oh, it's Jesus. Just right. <laughs> it's yeah. just straight it's up and down threat. threats. Like actual logic or trying to argue them into religion right. won't do it. So, hey, you're going to die. Now yeah. come to my religion. That's all they got. But that's the premise of this movie. Um, I don't, it's not a pure flicks movie. It's not a, it's not made by the God's Not Dead people. Mm-hmm. So I can't say it's going to have a big release or anything. But uh, again, like so many Christian movies, it just takes this trope that like, Atheists are all people Mm -hmm. who would totally act in the same way. They would all come to Jesus if this happened. It's the same, like, every college professor is always an atheist who's angry. Of course. You know what I mean? Well, all all atheists are angry. (laughs) All atheists are angry. We should go see that, but you should drive, because I'm definitely going to take an edible beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's coming out this August, I believe. The movie's 20 minutes, and it... It already sounds horrible. Um, I learned this this week. Remember Roger Stone? He's the Trump associate guy. Who's, the guy with a uh, tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back? Yep. Richard Nixon tattoo. The guy who wears like a top hat and circular glasses. He and, literally is like if Mr. What's his name from Monopoly? Mr. Monopoly? I think he's got a name. Penny Money something? bags? Penny bags? Penny, penny farthing? That's a big That's bike. The, yeah, it's a not bike even close. <laughs> Yes. But anyway, he was convicted of obstruction, witness tampering, lying to Congress. He's going to spend 40 months in prison. And every indication is that Trump will totally pardon this guy. Is this about that weird rant he went on? Because it keeps coming up on my feed. And I'm so thankful for the feature that, like, just it it doesn't play noises unless you click on it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so Axios did an interview with no, Roger Stone no. before he heads to prison. It's the first interview he has given since being sentenced to prison. And they... And he basically said, I'm not afraid. Rich Uncle Pennybags. Rich Uncle Pennybags? That's on the nose. Milburn Pennybags. <laughs> he has a first name. Mm-hmm. Milburn. Nice. Uh, he said to Axios, Roger Stone said, the only fear I have is not being right with God. I feel pretty good because I've taken oh, Jesus Christ uh, as my personal savior. And it's given me enormous strength and solace because he knows what's in my heart. Yeah, like, that you're a criminal. You have a criminal's heart because you're a criminal. Right. Nothing you screams. Broke, broke many, many laws. Nothing screams I'm guilty more than a convicted felon telling you how much he loves Jesus. You know who else said that? Fucking mm. Ted Bundy. Yeah, right. John Wayne Gacy. Maybe BTK? Unclear. <laughs> but they're all like, God Which, by knows the way, what's in my heart. And they're like, you fucked episode, a corpse. We all know BTK what's in your heart. BTK is not the K-pop group. I learned this the hard way. <laughs> What was it? No, we're not making the same mistake again. Okay. Um, anyway, the weird thing about this is, who, what? here's what I don't get. Who is Roger Stone trying to convince with this Jesus talk? Because the only person who can save him at this point is Donald Trump. And you know how little he cares about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Group. Um, but it's just amusing that even this guy, who is about as conniving... BTS. Yes. I'm just going to nod. Um According to the guy who has no <laughs> redeeming qualities here is just like, yep, Jesus, you should all love me now. This guy is like if the penguin was a real corporeal <laughs> human person. Yes. He's the fucking worst. Yep. But he found and Jesus. You know, it makes me like, I know he's going to get pardoned and I know they lessened his sentence and blah, 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 blah. It makes me. I was supposed to spend like eight or nine years in prison. Yeah, it's down it's like to like three and a minutes. half. Now, yeah. Um, it makes me so like our prison system, our our uh, justice system is so fucking corrupt that people who had like a dime bag of weed are behind bars for fifteen years, and this guy who like is a literal movie villain who actually harmed our country in irreparable ways. It's like, mm, slap on the wrist and the president's going to pardon you because you have a tattoo of Richard Nixon on your back. I still don't get that tattoo. Is his? Did he think Richard Nixon was like the good guy? Yeah, I think that's now the new default position of all Republicans. Just how did we get here, Hammond? Because dumb people didn't vote for the right people. But this. That's why. Yeah, I'm blaming them. Yeah. Because I have no one else to blame right now. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, in Oklahoma, uh-huh. uh, there is the a bill. Down the no, Republican <laughs> lawmakers are trying to pass a bill that would put "In God We Trust" in all state-run buildings, uh, including public schools. But this is what's interesting about this particular bill: um, the state's own budget office did an analysis of this bill and how much it would cost because mm-hmm. they include that every time you file a bill, Mm -hmm. and the Office of Management and Enterprise Services, Uh like run by the state of Oklahoma, says it will boil down to $85,500, about $250 per building. Okay. And that's just for starters. That's no maintenance. That's just to get the signs up. Sure. And unlike other bills where they're like, it's privately funded, we're going to put the decals on the police cars, but Mm. it's coming from a private Christian group or something... This one is $85,000 of taxpayer money spent to tell Jews they don't matter or atheists they don't matter or whatever you want to say. Um, there's an atheist, a couple of atheist groups that were protesting the bill. And they, uh, one of them, the Oklahoma 
assistant Oklahoma State director for American Atheist, Alex Newman. He said, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars potentially wasted of taxpayer money that could go to things like schools, that could go to state infrastructure, things that are more important than this. Was which it Oklahoma where that huge teacher's strike was? Yeah, it was one of many. Yeah. So I bet, yeah. I, I bet they could find somewhere else for that They money. could. Again, in the scheme of like a state's budget, 85 grand isn't a lot, but it's 85,000 spent to promote Christianity. Yeah. Um, that's not being used for anything actually useful. Yeah, maybe I'm just jaded. $85,000 isn't like that much the in the grant. It it's is the, the principal, but that wasn't a scary enough price for Sorry, me. Sorry, I'll what make it $85 million next time. Um, and I'll last leave you one. the last story I got. Oh, it's it's a happy one. one. Anyway. Um, and I say, I'm especially happy because I think this is the first of many of these stories that I'll get to share. Uh, Carol Iannuzzi uh, is now going to be a candidate for the U.S. House from Texas, mm-hmm. one of many, because Texas has a lot of House members. She's in District 26. She's going to be taking on Republican uh, Representative Michael Burgess. Um, she won her Democratic primary on Tuesday. That's cool. why this is important. Uh, she beat two other candidates. She's the, And she's not a former politician either, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Uh, the reason I bring her up is because she is a humanist oh. uh, openly about that. Not only supportive of church state separation, because a lot of uh, Democrats are, even if mm-hmm. they are religious, uh, but she's a member of a Unitarian Universalist congregation. But she has used the H word to describe herself, That's which exciting. is not the case for some of the other Democrat, any of the other Democrats who won for Congress or any other uh, that level position or higher. So she's the first one. I guarantee you there are going to be a ton more as we get through some of these other state primaries. She's the first one I can identify who is a newcomer, who's like challenging an incumbent, mm-hmm. uh, who is n- openly non-religious. That's exciting. And her own website is like, I believe in the separation of church and state and that government must maintain an attitude of neutrality toward religion. I mean, she's very good on those issues. So um, now, I should say, this is a heavily red district in Texas, as sure. are many of them. This is one that's not even on any list of competitive races. So it's an uphill climb for her. Mm-hmm. But I've said this before, like there used to be a time when having any openly sure. non-religious candidate was uh, amazing, shocking. Yeah. And now Novel. it's like, yeah, well, we're going to see a bunch of these. And I'm very... I. It's hard to keep track when there's so many down-ballot races still in the works, and we yeah. don't have nominees yet. We have a lot of people who are just like, I filled out the paperwork, mm-hmm. so I haven't kept track yet. But as these primaries go on, we're down to one candidate for Democrats right. on these things, or Republican. I haven't seen one yet this time around, but <laughs> you're going to see more of these openly one. non-religious candidates running yeah, for it's state exciting. office. And it, you're right. It is becoming more commonplace, whereas... I think it's always important, especially when I'm feeling really sorry for myself, yeah. to take stock of how far we've come and, yeah. you know. And what, I'm be, what I'd be curious about, I should have a couple caveats here, because I give a talk about this and I give these caveats too, which is that just because she's a humanist doesn't mean mm-hmm. she deserves anybody's vote. But in this case, it looks yes. like her views are pretty much aligned with most liberals in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I'm very curious to see if her open humanism and her open support of church-state separation, sure. even in a red district in Texas, mm-hmm. is somehow used against her more than other things you would expect Republicans to attack Democrats for in mm-hmm. general. Um, so I'd be curious to see how that progresses as her, as her campaign continues. She did get endorsements from the Free Thought Equality Fund uh, PAC and the Texas Democratic Secular Caucus, because that is an actual thing registered with the Democratic Party in Texas. Cool. 
Um, so, cool. There'll be more of that. I'll share them with you as I learn about them, but uh, a little bright spot there. Cool. So, yeah. Carol Iannuzzi is her name. Iannuzzi. Um, that's that's all I got for you. Cool. Thank you for doing all the research. I no was problem. having a pity party this morning. <laughs> Um, are you up to anything fun this weekend, bud? Uh, no, I hope the weather's good. I'll get out of my house for once. It's supposed to be nice. It's supposed to be like 60 on I Saturday heard. or Sunday yeah. or something like that. So I'll leave my house. Yeah. My crypt That'll for be a little nice. bit. I'm going up to Wisconsin with a couple of friends. Look at you. My parents are out of town, so I'm staying at their place because I'm still 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Have a party. Yeah, we are. Um, where do we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Hemet is. At Heaven Meta. Uh, don't forget to just right now, just go ahead and give us a five star review. Um, say do a couple it. Nice we feel things. very bad about Elizabeth Warren. We need to pick me up. We're extremely sad. And you know what? All these nice. Uh, I've got a few nice uh, reviews. They've been. They've you been know what good. I'm doing this weekend? What are you I'm going to go weekend? early voting with my kids. Oh, nice. Oh, good for you. Yeah. What we have two weeks? Yeah, we got a couple weeks. It yeah. won't matter by then, I'm guessing. So no. <laughs> might as well go get in a vote now while it kind of, sort of, won't matter. Yeah, still, I'm so devastated. I'm not going to get to vote <laughs> for her. Okay, here's my question. Real talk. Mikey has a Elizabeth Warren pin, and I have like car magnets, Warren yes. car magnets coming in the mail like today. Nice. You I should know, still do them on my car. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I have two of them. I guess I have two cars. Oh, I've seen people with worse bumper stickers. Yeah. <laughs> for candidacies saw, that are Oh old. my God. Side note, anecdote. I was driving on. Jeb. A- put that. Yeb. There, yep. <laughs> I was driving on 88 and I saw a Prius with a Trump 2020 sticker. I swear to fucking God, I've never seen anything what? like it. It was like a unicorn. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's a little weird. And it had one of those like thin blue line America things. Yeah. No, it was a whole fucking mess. (laughs) But it was like a little like two door Prius. It just made me giggle and cry, giggle and cry. That's just my 2020 motto. Um, you can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, concerns, corrections, um, long rambling emails that Hemant will forward to me and I won't read. Yes. Um, uh, I said reviews on iTunes. Oh, if you want a cross stitch, bitches get stitch done is my Etsy shop. I make cross stitches. Um, donate at Patreon. I don't know. Can we go? Are we done? Okay. Bye. We'll see you next week.